0: This week for our podcast, we give you a part of a teaching we gave on Praise TV, which is a TV program from Pakistan from Pastor Shahzad Sadiq, who had us as guests on his show. And we dropped some serious kingdom bombs. And so you're getting a segment of this fantastic teaching that we did. And if you want the whole teaching, you need to join our Facebook group, called Top Kingdom Growth. So you just go on Facebook, Top Kingdom Growth, join the group and you'll get the full teaching because we we put it in there and it's a video format. So you can see us along with Pastor Sadiq.
1: Sebastian did a really, really amazing teaching. It was really led by the Holy Spirit and I hope that you'll really enjoy uh, the teaching and uh, that you'll join our Facebook group, Top Kingdom Growth, where we put all our free masterclasses. We're doing... The eight steps to activated faith masterclass you're really going to enjoy that content so
0: are you ready let's dig deeper welcome
1: to the thriving on purpose podcast hosted by certified coaches elizabeth and sebastian richard Elizabeth is a Christian life and leadership coach, branding consultant, and busy mompreneur. Sebastian is a Christian speaker, Bible teacher, author, and leadership expert. Together, they help today's committed believers to dig deeper in their knowledge and walk with God in order for them to grow and climb higher in life and leadership. If you want to dig even deeper, make sure to visit thrivingonpurpose.com for more free resources and content.
2: Need to learn about Jesus, please invite them through this broadcast. You can invite your friends and you can share this broadcast in the groups. We uh, want to reach so many people with the good news Jesus is live. he's coming soon. Back, stand with us and spread the gospel. There are wonderful, mighty servants of God with me uh, in this broadcast, and I believe. God going to use Richard, God going to use Elizabeth uh for your blessing. This is your day, this is your time. Don't waste your time, don't waste your lose your day. Come on and receive the blessing through the word of God. Come on, brother. Come on, sister. I, I really feel encouragement and I feel so honored to have both of you, my brother and my sister. Come on.
0: Thank you so much.
1: So we um we kind of you know juggled with what we were gonna talk about and um we started with something and the Lord has been really working in our hearts in the yeah. last forty-eight hours and the message came completely uh, different of what he wants us to share with you. And I know this is really going to impact you, whether you're a baby Christian, whether yeah. you've been saved for many, many years. Um, all this is really going to impact your your life with uh, God. So,
0: so we started out, We wanted I wanted to teach. I love kingdom. I love the kingdom of God. And I'm, I am going to talk about kingdom. But my message started out, it was all, all about kingdom. And then it kind of veered off in sonship, sonship. Because we cannot fully experience the kingdom of God until we understand and embrace our sonship. And in my own life, and Elizabeth in her own life, it has been a process and a struggle. See, uh, most believers, most Christians think that they, they think intellectually, I'm a son, but they don't really acknowledge it in their faith, they don't acknowledge it in the way they relate to God, they don't acknowledge it in their actions either. So when you fully understand sonship, that is when, where the miracles happen, okay? So I wanted to talk a little bit about the prodigal son, the parable of the prodigal son. Because there are so many lessons that we can learn in the parable of the prodigal son. There are, obviously in the story, there's two sons, right? And the, the eldest son is not talked about very much in the story. But the eldest son is where most believers are at. They are in a spirit in an orphan spirit. And see, the eldest son, it's so interesting when the the younger son did spent all the money and went through the famine and came to his senses, and he came back to the father. The father threw that big feast, that big party. And what did the eldest son do? He got mad. He went to see his father. He was upset. He said, Father, I have been here slaving for you, and that's the word that's used in the Bible, slaving for you all these years, and you never what? You never what? You never gave me a goat. Mm-hmm. And here's the thing. That one sentence, he says, you never gave me a goat so I could have a, a, a feast with my friends. But here's the thing. There's two very big lessons in that passage. When the eldest son says, I have been slaving, right there, we know that this son is thinking of himself not as a son but as a slave yeah. as a slave I've been slaving for you and most of us uh, in 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 the North American Christianity and even elsewhere in the world when we get into that orphans when we're that orphan spirit and, and I'm going to talk about the orphan spirit a little later but let's just say that the orphan spirit we all unless we're saved at, 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 at five years old, and we come from a, a tremendous family background with no pain whatsoever, uh, a lot of us have an orphan spirit. Okay, the orphan no, spirit no, no. is caused through pain, trial, difficulty in life, uh, bruises, bad relationships with our dads. So, uh, and I'm going to mm-hmm. talk about this. But the, the point is, that eldest son, he had the orphan spirit. First of all, he thought of himself as a slave, and most of us are bound by religion. We think of ourselves as slaves, okay? And second of all, uh, he was bitter. Why? Because the father never gave him a goat. But here's the problem. The eldest son never asked for a goat. It would have been given to him right away. He just didn't understand what James says, you do not have because you do not ask. And we do not ask because we don't understand sonship. And here's the thing. When you understand that you're a son. See, when we come, when we come to, to Jesus, Liz, you, 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 you're going to agree with that. And pastor, I'm sure you're going to agree with that. Uh, we, we come from oftentimes a position of the fear of God. The fear of God brings us into repentance. So the fear of God brings us into the repentance that brings us into salvation. But once we cross that threshold, it is about sonship. So perfect love, the scripture says, casts casts out fear. So that perfect love is automatically, should be automatically embraced by believers once they cross the threshold of, I had the fear of God. It brought me to repentance. It brought me to salvation. Now I cross the threshold. I am saved. And that makes me a son. But for most of us, that is not the story. For most of us, we're still in fear mode. We're still in fear mode. And 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 Pastor Shazad, I'm su- I'm sure you can you could vouch for this. You deal with orphans every day, right? And I took some notes here, but I'm not an or an orphan professional. Uh, I, I haven't dealt with orphans, but I know how they might actually feel. So an orphan. So what happens to an orphan? Well. I'm sure you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna say this is true. They are in fear, right? They are scared. They are also scarred by life's trials, right? They're scarred, so they're scared and they're scarred. They have scars, deep scars, because their life was hard. Uh, oftentimes, they have trust issues. It's very hard to build trust with these children because they're they're broken. They're hurt. And they have difficulty receiving love. They might be closed up to receiving love. Am I right when I'm saying this? Does this make sense? Come on. Yeah. Uh, Also, they need... Here's the thing. Here's another thing. They need physical, mental, psychological, and spiritual rehabilitation. Rehabilitation. And this may take months. It may take years. Why? Because they suffered a great ordeal. But here's what most of us don't understand. When we come to Christ, we come, in many ways, as those orphans do. Because guess what? We're fearful. We have been scarred by life's trials and difficulties because many of us come to Christ, we're, we're older. You know, Not everybody accepts Christ at uh, nine or 10 years old. But even me, when I was nine or 10, uh, my parents had divorced. And I had scars, I had trouble, I had all kinds of emotional issues and I was just a young kid. Uh, so we do not trust fully. We need, we need to learn to trust the father. We have difficulty receiving his love. So oftentimes we're, we're still in fear, fear mode. And like real life orphans, We need rehabilitation as well. Many of us carry a huge baggage. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it takes years and years of walking with God and and, and to be able to finally receive that love that's going to make us scream and shout and cry, Abba, Father, you're my Abba, Father. uh, Just like the passage in Romans 8, 14, 17 those who are led by the spirit of god are the children of god the spirit you received the spirit the holy spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again rather the spirit you received brought you brought about your adoption to sonship and by that spirit we cry abba father the spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are god's children and that is a game changer and Sadly, many believers haven't crossed that threshold. They're still living in the fear of God. And I'm not saying the fear of God is a bad thing because it keeps us from sin. But if you don't understand that God is your fault, see, my, my children, I have children, I have three kids. They don't fear me. They only fear me if they do bad. But they know, like, they, they, they always know that they can trust me. They, they know they can sit on my lap, receive my affection, receive my love because there's this trust, my daddy loves me, my, my, my father loves me, he's going to take care of me, he's there for me. And, and that's uh, that's been another thing that's helped us in our um, uh, receiving this adoption uh, spirit, the spirit of adoption, which makes us scream Abba Father. And another thing that, that most people don't talk about. And I'm going to let you go get into this, Liz. I don't want you to just listen here. But I want to talk about our, our own fathers, our earthly yeah, fathers.
1: That's where I was going.
0: <laughs> I, was, I was deeply scarred for years. Why? Because here's the thing. I had a father who, although he wasn't mean to me, he was never a good provider because he didn't want to provide. He was a bad provider. So we lived in poverty. And I know this may sound odd to some of your listeners, but yeah, I live in Canada, but there's poverty in all countries. So we lived in poverty as when I was young because my father didn't want to go to work. He didn't want to provide for his kids. He was lazy and that made him a bad provider. But here's the thing. When I came to Christ, I was nine years old. I was young, but for years and years, although I knew intellectually that the father loves me, the father wants to take care of me, I had psychological uh, blockage. I just couldn't get past the fact that God wants to provide for me. And, And here's how he wants to provide for me. Here's how he wants to provide for you. He wants to provide for us the same way that he provided in the story of the prodigal son. Remember that younger son? Hey, that younger son, he asked for his inheritance. Right away, the father said, sure, son, here you go. Here you go. The younger son did follies with that money. He made a wreck of his life. Then he came to his senses. He had regret, repentance. So now he's like thinking, my father's never going to forgive me. I have to find a way to get him to forgive me. I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to tell him this. So he has this little scenario where he's going to tell his dad, dad, I'm going to be a slave now. I'm just going to be like one of your slaves. Just take me back in. I've suffered too much. It's been too hard. But here's the thing. The father's love. What does the father's love do? First thing, He sees him far off. He runs to him. Then he embraces him. The affection of the father, he embraces him. Then what does he do? He gives him him kingdom authority. And what do I mean by that? Well, the father is well off. In the story, the father has money. He's not broke. He's not poor. So what does he do? He puts a robe on him, right? And a robe is better than a tunic. And like if you study the scripture, a tunic is what like commoners wore. But a robe is what people wore when they were in authority, when they had a good standing in Mm -hmm. society. A robe was special. A ring, he puts a ring on his finger. And again, a ring, the same thing happened to Joseph. Remember the story of Joseph when Pharaoh says he's going to be prime minister in Egypt. He puts a ring on his finger as a symbol of authority. Okay, so he puts a ring on the finger of the son. What does he do? Slaves don't have shoes, but the son was going to have sandals. He put sandals on his feet. So in other words, he gave the son all of these wonderful blessings and authority and and provision. Okay, but here's the thing. The son took it. He took it. He ran with it. See, he didn't say, like most of us religious folks, those who have a... a, uh, who have a a spirit, an orphan spirit or a religious spirit. Many of us are saying to God, Oh Lord, I am not worthy. I am just a sinner saved by grace. Ever hear that in church? I am just a sinner saved by grace. I'm sorry. That is false. You were on the day of your salvation, a sinner saved by grace. And right after that, it changed. You became a son. Mm -hmm. You're not a sinner saved by grace anymore. You're a son. So, the, the, that's the sonship, and the son in the story, imagine it, let's just imagine for a second, if the son in the story had said, oh, I am not worthy, this is going to corrupt my soul, Father, it's going to make me puffed up, it's, oh all this robe and this ring, uh, I, I'm not worthy, and it, I, I shouldn't have this, because it's going to make me look uh, like I'm superior, and I don't, I, I don't want to be that, I want to be humble, so here's, keep your ring, keep your robe, Keep your sandals. I'm just going to be one of your slaves like I, like I set out to do. I'm just going to be one of your slaves, Father, and, and everything's going to go hunky dory. Well, no, not everything's not going to go hunky dory if you stay in that slave mentality. Guess what? In order to operate in the kingdom of God and to bless people, you need to embrace sonship and sonship comes with authority. Sonship comes with dominion. Sonship comes with provision. And that is what sonship will bring in your life if you embrace it. But if you refrain from embracing your sonship, you're going to be in a false humility that is going to to break up your your ministry and your impact. And I, I want to let Liz talk because I'm I'm going on a almost a quasi rant here. That's not what I want to do. I want to, I want you guys to be blessed by the message.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think uh, it's very important to understand. You know how salvation is so important, that's the entry, that's the doorway, but God has so much that he wants to do with you, he wants to work with you, he wants to move in your daily life, in your business, and accomplish great things, and you know, so many people are scared of money, they're scared of of, uh, provision, they're scared of asking God for money, but if you're scared of that, then how are you going to use this currency, how are you going to get this currency, which by the way, flows through the hands of men, doesn't fall from the sky. Doesn't show up, uh, you know, on your doorstep. It comes through people. So it's important to be okay with um, understanding that God will use people in your life to bring you these provisions. But we have to believe and we have to ask for it, not just expect it. Um, you know, uh, the mailbox, in a servant mentality, the and say mentality. if he wants to, if he wants to, he will, he will give me this. No, you ask because you have to see the bigger picture. If you're going to work in God's kingdom, you need that currency. You need to be able to, you know, like in our case, it's to get the message of the kingdom out. So we need, uh, you know, finances to provide for our website, for different things that we want to do, uh, free tools, free things that we give to people, right? And so many other of you Christians have this pulling on your heart that God's asking you to do something for him. He's giving you a plan. And you're kind of stuck because you you haven't gotten out of this servant mentality. So you're just waiting for it to happen. And he's saying, come on, come on, come on, let's go. Let's go to work. Like Pastor
0: Shazad, you know? he's saying, come on, come on. <laughs> get, get into it. Get into sonship. And here's, yeah, you're absolutely right. And, and see, that's, that's another spirit that we have in the church that's a rampant. Spirit. A religious spirit of poverty. Mm-hmm. The spirit of poverty. I don't know, like, there's so many Christians who believe that wealth equals being evil, that money is evil. Money is wicked. That money will make me puffed up. It will, it'll make me, uh, so what does that do? Well, that, guess what? It's going to block you. God will not allow financial growth to come to in your life. If you think it's evil, right? God will only open that, that doorway, that portal to come to you If you believe it's going to be a blessing and and, and that it's going to enable you to accomplish your your kingdom mission. Now, and I'm not preaching a a, a prosperity gospel here. That's not what I'm doing. But here's what I am saying. God wants you to have more than enough for your daily needs and for the ministry needs that he has put on your heart. So whatever a servantship or or sonship assignment that he has for you that he wants you to do. He wants you to be covered for that. And he wants you also to help other people mm-hmm. who have an assignment on their heart to flow into uh, that, that, that uh, being, having that provision. When you embrace that, see, that's the thing. In the parable, we see the father, he has means. He blesses his son with material goods. He throws a feast for his son. Why? He wants to bless him. What father in his right mind won't want to bless his children? I don't want my kids to be in lack. And uh, and and the Bible says, "You who are Jesus says, "You who are evil give good things to your children." So that's that's he's basically saying, "Look at yourselves. You're evil, you're ignorant, you know, compared to God. Now, if your your own goodness will make you give good things to your own children, how much more the goodness of the Father Will he not give good things starting with the Holy Spirit? to those who ask? Come on. And that's the key. It's to come ask on, the God. Father whenever my kids want something. And I'm not God. I oftentimes I have to say no for all kinds of reasons. but I want to say yes unless it's going to harm them. but my kids always feel free to come see Mommy or daddy and ask, for good things. And when it's a good thing, what do I want to do? I want to give it to them. Why? Because I just love to bless them. I love to see that smile on their face, that joy, that rejoicing. And God wants to give you that. You just need to ask. And James says it, you do not have because you do not ask or you ask amiss. Thank you so much
2: for uh, joining us, guys. Please go ahead, share. Share, come on,
1: whatever you need by Holy Spirit, come on. Yes, so um, I just wanted to say, if you want to get more information of our podcast, we have so many teachings that we've given hours and hours of free teachings at thrivingonpurpose.com. You'll see it when you scroll on the page, you'll see all our podcasts there. And we also have a free Facebook group where we're inviting people if they want to learn more about God's kingdom. And we're doing a masterclass right now. It's free on the eight um, steps to activated faith. And so we encourage you to be part of that because you're going to learn so much of how to um, make your prayer life come alive and see God work in, in your everyday life. And, um, I just want to go back to, um, because I know that this is a, a serious problem in our churches, um, especially in America and I'm sure elsewhere is that whenever you've had a, a bad relationship with one of your parents, um, Mm -hmm. oftentimes this will create the orphan spirit. And, you know, for a long time, we had no idea that we had it in the past because you know, we just, both of us together, uh, both of us didn't have the greatest relationship with our father, but for different reasons. And um, I lost my mom when I was 16. And my my father had a very hard time dealing with the death of my mother. She died of cancer. And it was very hard on me uh, psychologically, the way he, um, he was very, uh, you know, controlling and dominating. And there were a lot of things that were working in his life that, I didn't understand at the time because I was very young, but I built that resentment and I had even some hatred and uh, even to an extent, even blamed him for the death of my mom at a certain point. And this was very, very hard uh, to wrap my head around all that. But you know what happens is then, especially as a woman, when you go through these uh, trials and you, you know, end up motherless, and then you have a bad, a not so good, great relationship with your father, even if he meant well, there was a lot of things that, um, were very difficult and, and, uh, very hard in, in our relationship together. And, um, you know, I left the house, I was 18 years old. I, I went to Bible college for a year. I was still searching for myself and I met Sebastian. Um, the Lord put us together through a Christian dating website. <laughs> and, um, we we started we started uh, chatting together and uh, i was living at my grandmother's which was the mother of my deceased mom and the lord started working through
2: i'm, just th- going, to, I, I'm just going to tell you i'm just going to tell you after i this message Many will go to the Christian
0: dating website. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it worked for us. that's for sure.
1: And they closed down a couple of months later. It's funny we were just there at the right timing to meet each other. Well there's
0: tons of them. There's tons of Christian but, dating websites. Yeah, it
1: happened that way and it's it's a funny story. We talk about our our relationship and our podcast a lot. We're very open about our past and our relationship so you can you'll learn a lot about us. But anyhow, so all this to say is that when I met him, um, I brought a lot of things in our marriage that were of uh, feelings of distrust because I was always kind of scared mm-hmm. that I was going to get hurt. Um, I was scared, you know, to to really uh, completely love him because I was scared to lose him because I had experienced death at a such such a young age. My gra- uh, my mom passed away at 16. My grandfather passed away three months later, and my other grandmother passed away at, all in 12 weeks. So this was very hard for me. And I, I was just so scared to, you know, love again and not lose that person. And so, um, and for him, I know he talked to me a lot about how the orphan spirit worked in his life. And he didn't even know he had it. But I didn't even
0: know there was a name for that. Yeah. I was just, I was living the consequences of it, yeah, but I didn't know. Yeah,
1: I did, uh, so do you want to explain how, in the church, how this one, manifested?
2: One, one my friend from uh, yeah from United States. Uh, tomorrow, uh, she will be a guest
0: with me. Dionne uh, White. Uh, she said, "I love this company." <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, Thank,
2: thanks, Dion. You're uh, sweet. Uh, awesome. So come, on, come on, keep sharing. So,
0: so yeah. So, how does the orphan spirit manifest when you when you first join a church? See, I had been saved at nine years old, but I first joined the church. I was 21 years old, and the reason for that is kind of complex. But uh, my parents divorced. We moved. We moved around a lot. And my parents uh, kind of had trouble settling down in one particular denomination or church. So all that uh, means that for 11 years, I was kind of like an out-of-church uh, Christian. You moved to how many times? Uh, by the age I was 14 years old, we had moved 13 times. So that's a lot of instability. Uh, and it, it didn't help my uh, emotional and uh, um, spiritual um uh, well-being, let's just put it that way. But when we joined the church, when I I joined the church, I was 21 years old, and I was on fire for God. I mean, I had been reading his word and and absorbing a lot and learning a lot to walk with him and all that. I was on fire for God, and I was like, I'm going to join this church, uh, and and I'm going to learn even more in a church, and it's going to be awesome, and I might find a wife there, and I was really excited. But here's what I didn't know. Uh, What I didn't know is that what the orphan spirit would make me do in that church. See, I can't blame the church for what happened, but, but what it did is it made me, it made me become a people pleaser. So I joined and I wanted to please the pastor. I want, I wanted people to love me. So I would always say yes to whatever they asked of me. But then in the back of my mind, I was bitter. I was like, why do they ask me all these things? But I would do it anyway because I wanted to be liked. I wanted to be loved. I wanted to uh, people to, to say, good job, Sebastian, you're awesome. Why? Because I, I thrived on that instead of thriving on the love of God and on mm-hmm. the relationship with God and my acceptance as a yeah. son with God. See, when you don't embrace your sonship, you're going to look for it in all the wrong places. You're going to be humans. looking for love in all the wrong places. Yeah. So I ended up... Uh, disillusioned, bitter towards the church towards my pastor, towards people. I was hurt and broken but I had never realized that it was my orphan spirit that made me do all these things and, and I had a gifting for teaching uh, and, and I wanted people uh, so I, I, I put it in practice over there but I what I wanted was I was seeking approval mm-hmm. I was always seeking approval by giving the best of myself. So what, what ended up happening, I would, I would give a sermon and, and, and then uh, I would have like a, a mini depression afterwards. So I'd give a sermon and then I'd be depressed and lonely and it felt empty inside. And, and, and it was always uh, going, I was going in circles with that type of uh, servanthood in my local church. And it really, it really hurt me in a lot of ways, but I was my own worst enemy for lack of understanding my people are destroyed yeah. for lack of knowledge the bible says and that was one of the areas in which yeah. i didn't have yeah. knowledge and i was just suffering as a result
2: very,
1: you want to share yeah so i was just going to say it's very important uh, to pray that the the lord lifts off the religious spirit the orphan spirit so that you can finally be in communion with him that you can feel the holy spirit work in your life because uh, when there's these blockage, it's very hard for you have to be in a, a right mind and in connected in spirit before the Lord can uplift you and bring you forth and so we we have to really focus on pleasing God even when nobody's looking you know exactly. when we started our podcast, nobody was listening to us nobody nobody was listening to us and we did that for many many years we didn't stop we didn't stop why because God was telling us you do this for me. I want you. He's the only one that you're working for. Exactly. He's your boss. He's your God. He's your father. He's everything. And so it's very important to um, to
0: keep that focus. To
1: keep that focus and not to you know look for uh, man's, man's approval, uh, influence. Uh, you know, we see that a lot in entrepreneurship. We talk to a lot of entrepreneurs, and that's what they want. You know, they want the the glory. They want the influence. But you're in in the kingdom of God. We are all to work as Christian believers together. So one ministry helping another, one business Christian business uplifting another. Mm-hmm. No, um, I didn't hear. Sorry.
2: This is good message. Oh, thank you. Yes, and I no. This is good message. Praise God. And
1: no, no jealous. And the other thing that we've seen is. Um, we did a podcast on this topic. I think we called it "Thou Shall Not Covet Thy Inter- Entrepreneur Success," yeah, <laughs> something like that. Because you know, in the King- it was a blog post, uh, yeah. And we did a podcast on that. I remember, and and that's one thing is that sometimes you know, in the church, people are jealous of. Uh, sometimes the pastor uplifting one or giving a ministry to We're one. We're like the
0: older brother in the prodigal son story. We're jealous. We, we, we develop, a, we become the green-eyed monster. And we why, why is he getting blessed? Why is he invited to the pastor's uh, house for supper? Why, why does he have a bigger ministry than me or why? And I've seen that a lot in, in the church growing up. And it was weird to me uh, because I was like, aren't we supposed to be humble? And the right kind of humility here, I'm talking about, like we're—I think the right kind of humility uh, will will make you uh, embrace others' as success as much as your own. I think it's balanced, and it, it's that, that's the thing that was uh, kind of shocking to me is when I saw pastors, kind of like. Uh, talk behind one another's backs, like a, for, for one denomination against the other, or or, or I've seen comments. I, I was, It blew my mind. I couldn't believe it that, that some pastors were jealous of each other's ministries, like some men are, are jealous of each other's cars or houses. But there, there was that competitiveness that I felt so it just, was it uh, just uh, plain uh, wrong. I just want to
2: share something about uh, Pakistan. Uh, not only in Canada, not only in the United States, The spirit of jealousy is working in a bad way in Pakistan and in India and Mm. Africa as well. I just want to say the spirit of jealousy is working in churches everywhere around the world. Not only one country, not only two countries. Everywhere around the world in all churches. Nobody wants to support other. No one minister Mm. wants to support other.
1: Well I hope that you enjoyed this teaching and if you want to hear the full complete video teaching so you'll be able to uh, watch uh, Sebastian and I give this uh, teaching in our Facebook group all you need to do is either find our page at uh, Thriving Purpose on Facebook or you can go to thrivingonpurpose.com and you'll see on the, the front page you'll be able to access our Facebook group it's free. And you'll be able to watch the full teaching. And if your heart tells you to sow a seed into the kingdom of God, if you want to encourage this ministry you know, to help feed these people and to provide uh, clean running water for the, the children of Pakistan and the orphanages and everything that this uh, pastor is doing, you'll be able to sow seed in God's kingdom. We're going to leave, leave all the links for you on our show notes on this podcast. Be blessed
0: and thrive on. For more free resources and content, make sure to visit
1: thrivingonpurpose.com